Listener Production. Breakfast radio can be pretty brutal. The 4am wake-ups, the competition, trying to stay at the top of the ratings and, of course, there's always the unpredictable talkback callers. But Laura O'Callaghan just loves it. She quickly carved out an impressive space in the world of Brekkie Radio, joining Rue and Ditz on Triple M Brekkie in Adelaide. So that was back in 2021. And she very quickly made her mark and took home Best New Talent at the Commercial Radio Awards just last year. Rue, Ditz and Loz have continued to stay at the top. They've taken out the number one spot for breakfast radio in Adelaide for the past six months. But it's not all glitz and glamour. And in this chat with Loz, we talk about ambition. We talk about perfectionism. We also talk about being a woman in a historically pretty blokey space and certainly on a pretty blokey show. And later in the show, Helen Smith, my divine producer, joins me for the weekend list where we chat about what we're currently watching, doing, listening to and everything in between. But first, here's my chat with Brekkie host, Laura O'Callaghan. Thanks for joining the Weekend Briefing, Laura. An important question about Mm -hmm. breakfast commercial radio. Are four names allowed or nah? Because it's Lols, Rue, Ditz, Schmitz, Blitz, Mm -hmm. Whipper, Snipper, Tripper. Yeah, the whole shebang. Um, I don't think they are allowed. You know what? I my name is Laura, and mm. because because I go by Loz on the show, everyone assumes it's Lauren, which is a, just a delightful part of my life. I'm having to explain to everyone that my name's not Lauren; it's Laura. And the reason why I'm called Loz on the show is because many many years ago, when I started out in breakfast radio, there was already a Laura who was on air at that station, and yes. they couldn't have two Lauras, so they had to call me Loz. And then it just kind of, without you know any intention of mine became a sort of brand thing and then I couldn't change it. And now right. I live with that every day of my life. But and how do you feel about that, Loz? I don't really care. But I, okay. I mean, it's just a name. But it is kind of, the hard thing is, and this happens often, is that people will call me Lauren thinking mm. that that's my name, which is totally fine. And then I have to correct them. And it's just this whole thing that goes on. And if you don't correct them, then they keep doing it. And then it goes on for too long. And then yeah. someone else says, actually, her name's Laura. And they look at me like, You've allowed me to say your name wrong for two years now. What's wrong with you? You're a psychopath. Yeah, that must be really hard, Lauren. It, <laughs> triggered. <laughs> triggered. No, I mean, you know, it's a small issue. But, yeah, no, it is interesting, the nickname thing. I think it's a catchy sort of thing. And I think mm. it is an old world radio thing, like an old school thing that yeah. I don't know if we'll ever shake off. But, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm Antoinette with yeah. 10 letters. Mm. Does that immediately preclude me from commercial breakfast radio. Well, we'd have but to, you'd be 20, wouldn't you? 20, <laughs> 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. 20. I'm going to have to work on that and see if I'm okay with it. But let's yeah. walk it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Who did you grow up listening to on the radio and admiring? Okay. So in Adelaide, there was a show with James Brayshaw and Amanda Blair, and they were on breakfast radio on SAFM. And mm-hmm. I bloody loved it. We listened to it every morning. Her laugh was like a cackle. And I remember going to see one of their OBs at Tea Tree Plaza, uh, which is like a Westfield shopping thing. And I just thought it was so cool. I just thought it was awesome. And they really, like I have memories of breaks they did from 2000. You know, like really funny how that sticks with you. So that's what I listened to when I was a kid. As I got older, I was probably sort of like more Triple J, you know, Mm. like 
trying to be cool and a bit of uh, like the radio station in Adelaide, which played like dance music, was fresh. So I was listening to that. And yeah, I got a bit more sort of underground as I became a teenager. So I wasn't listening to heaps of commercial stuff as I got older. But um, it was a big part of my life growing up, radio. Hmm. Listened to it a lot. And you started in community radio. Yeah. And that was Fresh FM in Adelaide. Yes. And then it seems like pretty quickly your career exploded, for want of a better word, and you nabbed an award for Best New On-Air Talent in the metro market at the Acras just yeah. last year. Well, it seems, it might from the outside seem like it exploded. I mean, it's funny how that happens, that the overnight success things, usually people have been working for like 10 years yeah, yeah. and no one's paid any attention to them. Um, so, so has it been 10 years? Uh, it's been, I've been doing it for nearly seven years now, Breaking mm. Radio. So I was, at, I was at Fresh for a while and loved it. Just sort of just cruising along and I'm not a terribly ambitious person. I think that's probably not the thing you're meant to say out loud, but I very much just do what's in front of me and just try and enjoy it. And I think that's worked in my favour a lot because I haven't been too worried about making great leaps and and doing that sort of stuff, but I've just done the shit out of my job. You know, I've just really like enjoyed it a lot and then opportunities have come from, from that. So being at Fresh was a great learning place because it's community. You can try things. The stakes are a bit lower. And then this opportunity at Triple M came along and I was very nervous. Mm. It freaked me out a lot, but um, decided to sort of take the leap and it, my gut sort of said yes um, underneath all of the nerves. And that's when the sort of, you know, the awards and stuff like that. But yeah, there was a lot of work that went on beforehand, but it was, it, it wasn't like I was... Um, striving and, you know, trying, yeah. oh, I'm like, I want to be an award-winning radio presenter. It was just, you know, I was just doing what I loved. And now that you are an award-winning radio <laughs> presenter, I want to know how and if you casually drop it into conversation, because I would humble brag the crap out of that. Like when I order a drink or when I'm introducing myself to, I'd mm. be like, hi, I'm Loz, the award-winning radio presenter. No, I tried it once uh, with my family at Christmas recently when I didn't want to clear the table and it didn't go down well, Internet. <laughs> it was, no, people don't really care, actually. And the award, <laughs> as, as honoured as I am to um, have won the award, it is actually now holding uh, my coffee table together because one of the legs fell off. So I've jammed the Acra in there. It's the perfect size and weight. Um, so it's serving an actual physical purpose as well. But yeah, oh. you, you kind of, you just sound like a massive knob if you're doing that. But it is, it is really honour. It, it was an honour to win it, but yeah. You yeah, well, I'm you sure you appreciate it. it. Your coffee table sounds like it appreciates yeah. it. But for for a while, people were lamenting the death of radio. And yes, there have been challenges to the business model. Mm-hmm. But enter podcasts. And Aussies are the biggest listeners of podcasts in the world, yeah. which well and truly signaled that we love audio. We do. So what's it like for you being in commercial radio at a time when your cousins, the mm. podcasts, are, are thriving? What does it say about that kind of intimate listening relationship that you only get from radio and podcasts. I think what I've come to understand is just they're just so different. As mm. they're, they're related, but they're different, you know. And what I do is short bursts of content that, you know, hook and grip and then they let you go and then, you know, other things come in and it, it, it's a different art form. Yes, it's speaking into a microphone to an audience, but it, it's just different. So I'm obsessed with podcasts. I listen to them constantly. But... It's so different to what I do that I can't even really listen to it and go, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. Or there's a bit of crosstalk there or whatever. You know, it's Mm. just such a completely different thing. So if you're listening to commercial radio, 
it's a different mood, you know? Yeah. You're not in the mood for a podcast if you're listening to Triple M. So, and if you're in the mood for a podcast, you're not going to listen to Triple M. So they're just, they don't really compete, I don't think, too much. Yeah. So cousins who get along and don't compete, yeah. but quite like each other. Yeah. They've got some stuff in common, but they're still really different. Yeah. And what were you like growing up as a, as a kid? Were you a chatterbox? Yeah, yeah. Was it early on that you realised you loved to talk and had the knack for communicating? Yeah, well, I grew up in a house with four kids and my parents, like, the best way to get their attention was just with a funny story and mm. being entertaining and not being annoying, but, like, you know, tr- not being naughty and having a funny story was, like, the way to kind of stand out. Mm. And um, I think my dad is, uh, he's a lecturer, he's, got a re- he's a really good storyteller. And I, I, I don't know, it's funny because he's Irish heritage and I think there is something in that, that just that storytelling around the table, or mm. around the hearth, you know, there's, there's something in the blood with it and some people just have that, that gift to the gab and he definitely does. So I grew up with the best of them and sort of watched how it worked and the art of it and the pauses and the where to lay a punchline, where to hold back and um, it kind of just becomes a part of you, that sort of thing. Mm. So I definitely grew up in a house that was very much a storytelling oriented environment and we loved radio they had the radio on constantly loved movies and co- just content in general mm. and entertainment and um yeah and i also think that it's just in my nature to be i am very chatty i'm very impulsive very curious so like with the radio stuff compared to podcasts i think i'd be much better at radio than podcasting because I move on pretty quickly from a time. <laughs> Three minutes is yeah. about as long as I want to bloody talk about something and then I'm ready to go to something else. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does, it does suit me. And, and when I was little, you could probably maybe have seen that. But, yeah, I don't think anyone was looking at me going, hmm, radio. <laughs> but it does well, you, make you, sense. You said you're one of four, like yeah. boys, girls. What's the, what's the mix? So elder sister and then two boys in the middle, then me as the younger sister. So me and my sister kind of sandwich the boys, um, yeah. oldest to youngest. And we're all completely different. And it's, we're all sort of, I'm five years apart. So I was, they all kind of were close together. And then I was the youngest by five years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that also plays into it. Being the youngest of four, being a girl, being five years apart from them. They're all yeah. of the, it's like the perfect storm of needing to find a way to get attention and talking and trying to communicate. And it kind of trained me in a weird way for, for radio. Well, I was interested in the gender mix in your family because you've entered Triple M Breakfast, mm. which is historically quite a blokey place. It's yep. a pretty, you know, blokey spot with a lot of male listeners. And you've previously said that nothing has pinged your feminist antenna at all. So do you think things are changing in terms of the content and jokes or is your antenna just a little bit relaxed? Look, I I feel it all. I I see it all. I see all. I'm I'm absolutely a feminist and I see a lot of the, I see a lot of misogyny every day in my everyday life. Mm. Um, But nothing here has made me genuinely uncomfortable and I think that I can definitely take a joke and I can definitely see the difference between ingrained misogyny and then just sort of a bit of jest and I think that's that's a skill in itself that not everybody has I think sometimes there's an art to realizing the difference between the two and and not getting bogged down in every micro thing that you see because you end up just wasting a lot of energy and time on that but yeah no ironically I've worked in much more (laughs) You know, I don't know how to say this without a problematic workplaces. problematic workplaces that have maybe appeared to be much less so from the from the outside yes. than, than this. This is a very um, even organic sort of 
there really isn't that stereotype doesn't apply and I sort of was looking for it to be to be quite mm. honest when I first arrived I was going here we go where where's it going to be but no in a real sense it, it it really hasn't come up and you've got the top breakfast show in the Adelaide market how does that feel look it feels good but it's 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 one of those things where you can't really think about it too much because, first of all, the way the industry just changes so rapidly mm-hmm. and, and people who are on top, you could never imagine them being anywhere on top, you know, aren't anymore. And that can happen in, in, in one survey. You can go from king to sort of peasant in a survey. So if you're worried about that too much and your self-esteem or your concept of success is based on survey results, it can be like heartbreaking if it doesn't work out Mm. and then that can affect your productivity, your energy, your output, your inspiration. So it's about the balance of not being too obsessed with the ratings because the minute you let go is the minute you start being yourself and you're not so fixated on the outcome and and more fixated on how do we just make this show the best, like today, this morning, the best it can be. Then, you, you know, it kind of ends up working out much better. But it is really hard to get to that place. Well, so. it, it might. Let's go back to what you said earlier about you not being particularly ambitious, which yeah. in some ways can sound like it's incongruent with very competitive commercial radio. But do you think that, l- not the lack of ambition, but the way in which you process or deal with ambition yeah. works for you? I think so. I think it's always worked for me to just focus on the moment, the right here, right now, and being really interested in what's happening in front of me. And I found that in turn, if you do every moment like that, then all the moments add up to something fantastic and then that ends up working out really well for you. If you're too focused on some distant goal, you don't really pay enough attention to what's going on in front of you. You don't really know how to soak in the, you know, the success of the now and you Mm. get, you you can kind of be a little bit um, disconnected and I think that ends up being just not good for anyone. So, yeah, it is really hard to do, though, to be present, but I think that that's just kind of how my brain works in that way, and it's worked out for me. And brekkie radio with hours. Yeah, they're hideous. But you don't drink coffee. No, I've, I've a year sober now off of the, off the <laughs> old bean. How and why? Well, it was just not, my body does not like coffee. It, yeah. it was too acidic for my gut. I was getting heartburn. I was getting like digestion issues and the the crash in the afternoon I used to call it the dark place I'd, mm-hmm. at about 3 p.m I'd be go, I'd go to, into the dark place and I was I mean I needed a nap in a way that was m- medical almost and then mm. that would screw up my sleep at night and then I needed more coffee in the morning so it was just this horrible cycle so I just at the end of 2022 I went cold turkey and mm. um had a week of the shakes and oh, it was awful actually oh you're like oh wow proper just, yeah gave body. Up. Oh, yes, I was sick. I was very sick. I had migraines and the sweats and and all sorts. But you didn't replace it with an energy drink? No, 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 no. Because I just thought, you know, (laughs) no. And then I started doing heroin because (laughs) (laughs) Because I found that that didn't give me heartburn. (laughs) Yeah, no, less heartburn with heroin, actually. Yeah, no. um, No, I didn't replace it with anything and it was really awful. But then I found that 
uh, once I weaned off of it. Yeah. It was more the ritual that I was addicted to. Yeah. The smell, the process, the hot drink in the morning, you know, feeling like I, it was the routine of what I was doing. And without it, I got a bit like antsy. But yeah, once I withdrew from the actual drug of caffeine, my everything improved quite significantly for me. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's worked out for you. Let's mm. let's talk about fun because yeah. breakfast radio is a lot of fun. So what has fun. been your most fun and memorable moment on air? God, I think there's just moments that stick out that are so benign probably to other people. But there was a moment where Dits, he was reading a document whilst Rue and I were <laughs> doing a break and we read out a text on the text line <laughs> and he wasn't paying attention to us. And then as soon as we finished reading it out, he looked at the text line and read it out as oh, though no one had... And oh, that is so good. We were so t- overtired and we were, I think we were coming to the end of a long sort of... And we just, I lost it in a way that I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life because of the look on his face of just what, what? (laughs) And the fact that Rue and I had this secret knowledge and the audience was listening and I just could not get my shit together. And I laughed like a month every time I thought about his face. So as we've interviewed, we interviewed Albanese this morning. It doesn't even come close to the moments like that because that is true joy, you know, like a raw (laughs) Unexpected, but, organic moment of proper hilarity. It, nothing can really compete with that, you know. We do a top five segment every week of just basically all the mistakes, and it's my favourite so segment. Funny. It's just a wrap-up of all the bullshit, and it's just so good. It's been great for my mental health, this job, because I'm a perfectionist and I have a history of not liking to do things until I know I can mm. do it exactly right. And I would re-record and, you know, redo and, and polish and make sure before I felt comfortable releasing it. And I humiliate myself maybe five times a morning here and there's nothing I can do. And I just have to get on with it. I, there's, you know, you make mistakes, you say the wrong name, you read the wrong thing and you go, oh, shit. I well, the art, the art really is in the recovery. It and is. The, and the moving on. You just have to keep going because you've mm. got another break. And it, it, my boss said once, you know, we all F up, but you can redeem yourself in three minutes. It's great. It's fantastic. And then there's a new set of people in the car and they didn't even hear the last thing, you know. And the people in the car might remember it until they die. But, you know, what are you going to do? You've got to keep going. So I can't be a perfectionist here and it's such a relief to let mm. go of that, just to be a part of a team who make mistakes and accept it and keep going. And it's, I think the audience respond well, mm. to be honest, to that sort of thing. Let's talk more about the audience because mm-hmm. that's a huge part of what you do, either getting them on the phone or reading the text line. But it can get a little bit crazy, like having to see some of the cray-cray stuff coming through on the text line yeah. or to deal with people that your producer may have um, filtered, but they come <laughs> on air and just say all sorts of stuff. Uh, is there anything memorable that sticks out for you as something that you had to kind of read and keep going on and just kind of ignore it or a caller you had to try and manage? Mm. Yeah, there's a lesson. There's lots of lessons there because we have a dump button, thank God, here. So if somebody says something offensive or swears, yes. or we've got a seven-second delay. So you can press yeah. the button and then seven seconds disappears. And then we have to get back into delay um, one way or another. But um, it's a it's a security blanket. But the text line, 
you have to just, if anyone out there is ever going to do radio, just make sure you read the the text to yourself in your head before you read it out loud. (laughs) Because I remember reading one out about someone's balls and I didn't (laughs) read it properly and I thought it was about something else and I just straight up read. And Simon says he would like to stick his ball. Okay. And I... (laughs) I said too much. <laughs> I went too far with it. And it was so like Simon is not an athlete. Yeah, Simon is yeah. not talking he would like about to stick basketball. his balls in the okay, that's not what we're talking. Okay. And then, you know, you really have to be careful because you can say some pretty horrific shit. And it's 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 live radio technically. Without the seven second delay, mm. you can get sued. You can get there's a, there's a lot of um things that can happen as a as a consequence of the of the dumb things you say on radio. So yeah, but those things happen. We're human beings. Mm. I want to know what 2024 holds for you. Like, I'm someone who doesn't, like, I don't love New Year's resolutions. Mm. I don't even really like them. But I do prefer, like, micro-pledges. Like, I'm going to try and be a bit less of a jerk this year. Or yeah, always, I won't yeah. let my imposter syndrome voice in my head get louder. I'm just going to turn that down a notch. Um, yeah. How do you go with New Year's? I, I sort of love a fresh start. I, I actually really enjoy Mondays, for instance, um, mm. because I feel like it's a new, clean, exciting sort of thing. Like, yeah, here we go again. And then I inevitably just repeat all of the same patterns of terrible behaviour over the week. But I don't mind it. I, I didn't really make any new, new Year's resolutions this year other than sort of less Uber Eats, more fresh vegetables, Um Try and keep the guard, keep the weeds in control because I have a habit of letting things get a bit mm. out of control before I sort them out. So that sort of thing. But yeah, I think being kind to yourself is always good and a gratitude journal, which I haven't started yet, but that's, I've had a lot of friends say that it's made a big difference to them to sort of say every morning five things that they're grateful for. And I think we all need to probably do that more, especially watching everything awful that goes on around the world and how Mm. lucky we are. And I think doing this job every morning, I have to wake up and read everything and see everything Mm. that goes on and sort of be the filter and decide. We sort of have to make a decision to not talk about a lot of things that are really just too, it's just people need an escape sometimes and they're not listening to us for bloody hard hitting takes on the Gaza Strip. You know, they just want to have five minutes or 10 minutes in the car of not having to think about that for for just a small moment Mm. Um, and that we're happy to do that for them because I think looking at my phone every day, you just, you can't escape it and you don't know what to do. You know, you can go to protests, you can, you can donate money, but mm. you, you end up realising how kind of trapped you are, are a little bit, um, just witnessing all of it. And you don't know how helpful it is to ingest 24 hours of information about it. So a little bit of a breather is good, I think. And more talking about Simon's balls. Simon's balls. Listen, let's get them on the air. Let's, Simon, text <laughs> me again. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean you were having this really wonderful reflective moment about the state of humanity, and I appreciate it. No, but I also, no, no. I do appreciate the point you're making. But that Simon's people come to a part of that, you know. Yes. <laughs> that, you know plays pe- a role. People do need a break. They need entertainment. They need laughs. They need Simon's balls. They need laws, not Lauren. Yeah. Um, so thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining the weekend briefing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That's Loz from Triple M, Adelaide. But it is time for the weekend list with Helen. This is where, of course, we tell you what we're reading and listening to and watching and cooking. And, of course, we also want to hear your thoughts and what you're doing. We need some inspo. Helen, what are you loving? 
Okay, so my first recommendation is the new Mean Girls movie. Okay. Now, I went into this knowing it was a movie musical. I'm a big musical theatre girly. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up doing musical theatre my whole childhood, my whole life, my poor parents. (laughs) But I went into it expecting, yes, this musical movie. And it was. But the one thing that annoyed me was that the songs in it, except for the chick who played Regina, yeah, Regina George, oh, my God, killed it. And Amazing. she's Queen Bee. Regina's yes, Queen Bee. Queen yep. Bee Regina. Yeah. But some of the other songs just lacked on, they weren't the same as the Broadway original. Yeah, right. They didn't give me the same, like, pizzazz. They didn't give me the same energy. It was kind of just, like, dulled down a bit. Okay. But... Everything else. So you, so you did like the movie? I did like the movie. This is a half-half recommendation, I think. Okay. I did like the movie, but... The musical scores weren't up to your standard of it. Yeah, a- and I feel like also they were really sneaky with this movie. They did not advertise or promote it as a musical. I had no idea. I exactly. watched the trailer and I was like... Oh, okay. Looks like a like a sort of a saucier TikToky version. Yeah, of like a remake. Kind a of. remake of it. Yeah. Um, and so you reckon they're trying to fool people they're, in? Oh, to, to come in. They're trying to fool people. They're trying to get this younger audience. Yeah. And like, it's a full-on musical movie. Right. Like they sit there and randomly talking, and it would just be like us being breaking out into song. So, do you still recommend it? I still recommend it. But just go in eyes but wide open in, and maybe shut your ears. Yeah. <laughs> <For> some <parts laughs> some songs it. just like take it with a grain of salt. Okay. Yeah. Well, my one is a wholehearted recommendation. If you haven't already read the book Boy Swallows Universe by Trent Dalton, Australian bestselling author, love, love, love the book. It's um, set in Brisbane, a little bit postmodern. It's about a family um grappling with a lot of disadvantage. I don't want to put too many spoilers, but there's addiction and murder and a whole bunch of things. And then it's being converted into a Netflix series and it is so damn good. Mm. Like arguably, and Trent Dalton, the author, came out and said, this is better than the books. <laughs> and like maybe he's being humble himself. And that's himself. rare. I'm sorry, but that's rare. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's, he's, it's his own books. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to be humble, um, but it, it's just brilliantly shot. The lead actor, because it's all centred around this boy who could only be, he's a school student, I don't know, no no older than 10. Mm. He is just brilliant. And it's a star-studded cast. It's like they've pulled in the best of the best from, you know, Deborah Mailman um, yeah. to a Brian Brown. Um, there's also Simon Baker who plays an agoraphobic drunk and who's just brilliant. Mm. Um, so that is a must-read and must-watch from me. Yeah, I love that recommendation. We actually, we had Trent on the weekend briefing last year. So if you, like yourself, are sucked into this Boy Swallows universe vibe, go listen to that as well. He talks about the book and about the Netflix series. And is is he humble in it? Pretty humble? Oh, he was honestly one of the nicest people I've ever met. Because like, he's <laughs> extraordinary. His book, oh. This book is huge. His, I think his impact is huge in this Netflix series. Yeah. It's just brilliant. I love that. I'm definitely going to give that a watch. So my second recommendation is a doco on Netflix Mm -hmm. and it's called Hell Camp Teen Nightmare. Right. So it's pretty full on, but it's about these troubled teen camps in the US and it focuses on one main organiser, Steve Cartesano. Mm -hmm. 
It's pretty full on. Paris Hilton actually starts the documentary, just a short little grab because she actually was forcibly taken and gone to one of these camps. So is it a camp for disadvantaged kids or for rich brats? Both. Right. But mainly rich brats. Okay. Um, Okay. But I mean, it's horrendous what goes on at these camps. Yeah, right. Firstly, they are, they're children, right? And they are taken in the middle of the night and kidnapped. That's part of the process of this camp. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's full on. And they're taken from their bedrooms, taken by these big, scary people that they don't know either. And it it really interviews some participants that are now adults. I mean, I guess they weren't participants. They were just... And have they come out better or worse for it? Like, what's the whole... Some better, majority just traumatised. Right. And to be fair, I may have sounded a little insensitive earlier saying rich brat. You can be a rich brat but also have mental health issues and drug issues and a whole bunch of other issues. I agreed with you is because these camps cost around 16000 to 20000 US dollars. Yeah, okay. So you, these aren't people, yeah. like that's a lot of money. Mm. Some people did in the, in the um, series say that they did. their parents sold their house or something oh, to right. send them. This is a last resort. Yeah. Parents don't know what to do. There was a lot of court cases, legal battles throughout this, but I definitely recommend watching this. It's, it's full on. There is some confronting scenes in it. Mm-hmm. But it's really informative, really interesting, and really dwells into how the US and how this teen camp, troubled teen camp, really was kind of exploited and marketed. Mm. Um, But yeah, that's my second recommendation. Yeah, that sounds heavy. And this is a bit of an awkward pivot for me because my Mm. second recommendation is mini band workouts. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, I wasn't sure how to do that. I was like, I guess guess troubled teenagers could also use mini bands. Um, But if you don't know what they are, they're just those little like bands that you, stretchy bands that you can put around your thighs or your knees or your ankles. Booty bands. I mean, booty bands. Yeah, they can be booty bands. Bands, but they yes. can also be put on your ankle, in which case the booty band yeah. label wouldn't quite ankle work. Bands. Yeah. Um, and they're super small and you can get, you know, a six pack of varying intensities like light and just have them. I have about four different sets. And whether I'm traveling or whether I'm staying home and can't mm. be bothered going to the gym, they're just so good for workouts. They're so good for flexibility. They're super portable. You can take them wherever you go. If you don't, if you can't, afford a gym membership or don't like the gym, there are heaps of workouts you can do online. And even though it looks mm. easy, like it's just kind of oh. an elastic band stretching, it it's really, not. really is not. And you can work your whole body. Um, this is not a sponsored post. These mini bands are actually super cheap um, and you can just get them online and you can do free workouts on YouTube. Mm. So if you're wanting to get um, a little bit more fit and flexible this year, that is my recommendation. Mm. No, I love that one. So, yeah, there's lots to pick from there. Like Helen's really lent into like mean people and trauma, traumatised teenagers. <laughs> um, and for me, that's entertainment and hurt booties. So go for, you know, whatever floats your boat. And we'd love to also hear from you. So tell us what you're listening to and reading and watching. And maybe you love your mini bands too. But that is it for this week. Thank you so much for being with us and tuning in. It is always a pleasure having you. And if you want more of the weekend briefing, like that Trent Dalton episode, you can download the list app in the App Store and you can follow us there. Otherwise, you can follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And why not give us a rating and a review for the fabulous interview with Loz 
also Laura, but definitely not Lauren. And FYI, you can rate and review every episode. We will be back Monday morning, where the team will have the latest headlines straight to your headphones, along with an interesting deep dive. Stay safe, everyone. Listener.